The words that you speak are seeds. So what you're saying, you're sowing, and you will reap a harvest on the seeds you've sown. Welcome back. Hey, I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, a pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois, and we would love to meet you there sometime. Sunday morning services start at 10 a.m. So join us in Jerseyville, Illinois at Kingdom Increase Church. Well, let's jump right into today's episode. I've really been enjoying uh, doing these. I hope that they're blessing you, encouraging you, helping you, instructing you, unfolding the word, maybe in a, a way you haven't heard before. You're getting some new revelation, some knowledge maybe you didn't have previously, maybe just increasing your faith while you stand in faith, believing God for everything that he's spoken to you. Amen. Well, I'm going to continue on uh, what I was talking about in my last episode about framing your life. And so this is going to be part two of that. And I'm going to actually start in the passage of scripture that I ended with um, the last time. And that's Job chapter 22. And I'm going to read verses 23 through 28. Job 22, 23 through 28. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic. And it says um, in verse 23 of Job 22, If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before him, you will be built up. If you put away unrighteousness far from your tents, if you lay gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook and make the almighty your gold and the Lord your precious silver treasure, then you will have delight in the almighty and you will lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, for your word. I thank you, Father God, that as this word is unfolded, that our faith is increasing. We thank you that you're changing us from glory to glory. Because your word has that power to change us. It is both the, uh, Jesus is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. So as your word comes forth, I thank you that you are changing us into the very image and likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let it penetrate to the deepest parts of our being, separating the bone from the marrow, our spirit from our soul, and judging even the purposes and intents of our hearts and our minds, Father God. We thank you. We thank you, we thank you, thank you for the life that is in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I, I, like I said in the last episode, I ended with this passage. And, you know, something strikes me in it. In verse 26 of Job 22, it says, Then you will have delight in the Almighty, and you will lift up your face to God. And so this passage speaks to me you know, the reality of, of, of what takes place when we repent of sin and turn to God and make Jesus Christ our personal Lord and Savior. So every born again child of God is at this place in right standing with God. And it says, then you will have delight in the almighty. How many of you know that verse, Psalm 37 and verse four? When you delight yourself in the Lord, 
then he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And here in Job 22, 26 says, then you will have delight in the almighty. See, it's when, when we turn to the Lord, I think I covered this last time. It might've been the first, that might've been my first episode when I was talking about laying a firm foundation. But when you do that, then, then he becomes first in your life. And you know, ultimately God will only be first. <laughs> He'll be first or he won't be nothing really, um, in your life. I mean, and that's not going to change who God is because God doesn't change. He's always the same Jesus Christ yesterday, today, um, and forever. Um, the Lord, he says, I'm the Lord and I do not change, right? He's not going to change, but the reality of how he is in your life and perspective to who he is to you and what he can do for you, it can change. And that's based on you and not on him. And so really God's position will only be first. He will not share his glory um, with another. He will not come in second, third, fifth, 10th or last. God Almighty is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And his desire is to be first in your life. And when we turn from the world and when we turn from sin and we turn to him, realizing that he really is the precious treasure that we need, that in him, we have everything we could ever need. And as born again Christians, in, in um, uh, Peter tells us, that he has also, God, God through Christ has deposited within us everything that pertains to life and godliness. How's that possible? Because he is in us, right? And the fullness, it says Christ is the fullness of God, the fullness of God. And he is in us and therefore he has deposited in us through himself everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we know that the Bible tells us that our heart can be deceitful. But once you're a born again child of God, you've been, your heart has been renewed. He's given you a new heart, a new heart and, and a new spirit. And it says it, we get to a place then when we're born again. See, I've heard many people say, oh, I could never become a Christian because I don't want to give up this and I don't want to give up that and, you know, this and that and whatever. But what people don't realize is that when you truly become born again and turn your life over to God, making Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, your desires change. How is that possible, you say? Because you actually become a new person. The old person is dead and the new person is alive in Christ. So actually your desires change. And that's what people can't understand because they, they try to think of Christianity from a natural perspective and not realizing it's a spiritual transformation that the old man is dead and you are now a new creature in Christ. You've been born again in Christ Jesus. And so the old desires are no longer there. It, it's, it's really, I've seen it time and time again, when a person truly turns their heart over to the Lord, they, the desires that they had, they, they, they disappear. Amen. And anything that tries to linger, they now have this internal power on the inside of them that gives them strength to overcome because it's no longer their heart's desire uh, to do those things. And so we have to understand that. And that's why I think many times it holds people back from making Jesus. They can see the appeal 
and walking with the Lord, the blessing that's on, on a person's life, the favor that you walk in when Jesus Christ is your personal Lord, how you're able to triumph over difficulties and troubles and trials that come your way, but they don't want to give up their lifestyle of sin that they are so accustomed to. And their understanding is enough to know that, you know, true believers don't live like that. But where they're failing to meet is that, you know, we come to God as a natural man, recognizing that we're in need of a savior. But when we come, we become brand new and we're not just a natural man. Now we, we are spirit beings and our spirit is renewed and becomes a brand new creature when we make Jesus Christ our personal Lord and savior. And so I see that that's what this, this scripture passage is telling us in Job 22 is that when you return to God, when you recognize you have, you are a sinner, you have need of God. And then you turn away from the things that, that you've been seeking after the things you think, um, you could find life and happiness and, and everything in realizing you can't actually find any eternal happiness or peace or love or joy um, in that. And you turn away from that stuff and you make God first in your life. It says, then he's becomes your delight. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our hearts. And I believe that that's a twofold um, thing in the fact that first of all, again, remember what I was saying. Many times people think if they come to the, come to the Lord, make Jesus their Lord and savior, that then they can't do this and they can't do that without recognizing that their desires will change. Why? Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. That's twofold. First of all, he puts the desires in there. And second of all, he empowers us to, to see those desires fulfilled. Amen. And so as born again believers, we are now in relationship with the Lord. And the longer we walk in that relationship, pressing in and wanting to know him, praying, reading the word, hearing the word of God, preaching, taught, staying faithful, um, uh, to attendance in church and, and getting plugged into um, a local body and being a worshiper of the Lord. That relationship grows into fellowship and communion because we realize we just get hungrier and hungrier and thirsty and thirstier for the things of God. We realize everything we were running after in the world actually holds no appeal anymore. We have no desire for those things of the world because they hold no appeal. The more you get to know the Lord, the more you hunger for him and the more you thirst for him, the more you delight yourself in him. And then he's going to give you desires and he wants to be able to give you the power to fulfill those desires. And he actually wants to know what your desires are. In verse 28 of that Job 22 passage, it says, you shall also decide. Well, verse 27, let's go back there. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon you your ways. Hallelujah. See, God wants to know what you desire. You know why? Because you're a born again child of God. Now I'm talking to believers here. If you've not made Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and savior, I'm not saying he doesn't actually want to know what you desire, but if your desires aren't lined up with what his word says and what the truth is, then he wants to change those desires. He wants to give you true life. Many people are searching for peace. They're searching, um, 
for a place in life. They're searching for a purpose in life. They're searching for happiness, but they're searching in all the wrong places. And you will never find your place in life. You will never find your purpose in life. You will never find your peace in life. You will never find your happiness in life apart from him. But the moment we make Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and savior, we are a new creation and we step into relationship with him. And he wants to know what we desire. And it said, we shall decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for us. We have this creative force given to us as, um, to be able to be used to create this life around us. And it says we can decide and decree decree has to be spoken. Amen. We can make decisions in our life and then decree those things. And I'm talking about how our words frame our life. We read um, yet uh, the last time in my last episode about how we know that God framed the worlds with his words. And he's given us that same creative force of faith of faith. And that creative force is activated by our mouths. And so we decide and we decree things and then they shall be established for us. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to know because it says, then the light of God's favor shall shine upon our ways. Why? Because when we're born again, Christians, we desire things that, that God desires. Our heart is after him. Our heart is after his kingdom. Our heart is after showing people his goodness. Our heart is after telling people there is a way that is right. And there's a way that is wrong. And let me share with you the way that is right. Because that, that way that is right is a way of life. It's a way of blessing. It's a way of upward only and never going downward. It's a way of forward only and never going backwards. It's a way that no matter what comes at you, and whatever you walk through, it may be difficult. There may be trying times. There may be sorrow and things that you'll find in life, but God gives you the power to triumph, but we have great power to triumph in our mouth. And many times it's our mouth that is causing us to lose when God has made us and he has already decided that we are winners. Amen. And so there's something that, that the Lord ha- has shown me over the years that, you know, that we have petitions, that we have desires, that we have prayers and our prayers, our petitions, if you will, they can remain silent. We can discuss those things with God heart to heart spirit to spirit, right? A deep cries unto deep because God is, is spirit. And we actually are spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will and emotions. And these spirit, the spirit and soul is, is inhabits this physical body. So we can make our requests and petitions to God and they can remain silent. Um, talking spirit to spirit, but our praise, our thanksgiving, Our decrees, our declarations have to be spoken. And the the reality is, is that if you remain silent on the things, on the desires, the dreams that God has placed on your heart, if you don't open your mouth, then you're going to lose by default because your mouth is a creative force and your life will never go where your mouth hasn't been first. 
Amen. So it's fine to bring your petitions, your request to God in silence, heart to heart, spirit to spirit, but you must praise him. Praise is the fruit of your lips. In Psalm 100, it says, be, be thankful and say so to him. Amen. Right. You have to open your mouth. If you're going to decree or declare those de- declarations and decrees have to come out of your mouth. And if you don't decree and declare things by faith and speak forth those things, then you're going to lose by default because your mouth is, has within it the power of faith to create the life that you're looking for. And the reality is also that you have to speak it a lot. Amen. Last time I was talking about if you could record yourself for eight hours in one day, many of us would find out why our lives are the way they we are. They are because we would see that we're actually speaking the lives that we're living. What's coming out of our mouth is, is why we're living the way we're living. So on the positive side of that, if we want to see something in our life, then we need to start speaking it and we need to start speaking it a lot. Now, I'm not just saying speaking it anywhere and everywhere because not everybody is going to understand it and you don't really want to speak big dreams in front of small-minded people because it can become a discouragement and actually it can become a distraction and many times it can become a a, a full-on detour because they're going to try to take you a different direction. But in Mark 11 verses 22 and 23, um, brother Kenneth Hagin, he, he would say this, that there's one believing to three saying, if you look in, in Mark 11 verse 22, it says, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. In verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so Brother Hagen would teach that you see the word believe one time and you see the word uh, say or saith three times. So he says there, there has to, you need to, you need to say three times the thing that you believe in your heart. So you need to speak a lot. Again, the creative force is in your mouth. This is the way that faith operates. Remember we talked last time that the faith realm is activated by your words. You have the faith in your heart, but it's activated by your words because your words are the creative force. You must open your mouth and speak what your heart is believing. You must open your mouth. God wants to know what you're desiring, not because he doesn't know because he knows what's in your heart, but he wants you to know what's in your heart. He wants you to speak forth your desires and dreams. He wants you to make declarations and decrees so they can be established for you. And then his favor is going to shine on you and you're going to see them come to pass if you'll hold fast to faith, no matter what. Um, if you, if you're sitting down and able to get to your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. If not, you know, make a mental note of it or whatever. You can come back and catch your, um, scripture references later and look them up later. But, um, verse 11 of Isaiah 55 says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Okay. This is God speaking. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. You, the words that we speak are seeds. So what we're saying, we're sowing and we're going to reap a harvest off of the seeds that we are sowing. And so God says his word never returns void. So how powerful says, so are my words that go forth out of my mouth. Well, God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Amen. You are a born again child of God. You have the name of Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus. You've got the Holy Ghost. You have the word of God and God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Amen. The faith is in your heart. Now speak it out, but understand, don't just say it, but send it. Don't just say the word, but send it. What I mean by that, there has to be that faith attached to it, right? This is what God says here in verse 11 of Isaiah 55. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me, but shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. So shall my word be that I send out of my mouth. It, 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 you have to send the word of God. It must be sent. There has to be um, a faith attached to that. Because, you know, people can say the word all day long and you can see it doesn't produce anything. Um, in their life because there's no faith. And so faith has to be in the heart. And when you do that, you're attaching purpose to that word. God's word has purpose and it shall, listen, it shall prosper in the thing, listen, for which I sent it. God sends his word with a purpose, right? Let's say it again. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God sends forth this word, just like when he said, let there be light. I mean, there was purpose behind that. There was that creative force. Remember Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, we understand that God framed the worlds with his words. Everything we see came out of things that were invisible. We have that same creative force of faith living on the inside of us, placed inside of us by God himself through Christ Jesus. And we have the power enhanced by the spirit of, the, uh, of God to be able to speak forth creatively. It may look impossible. It may be invisible now, but if you'll speak it forth in in faith and hang on to that thing, no matter what it looks like, I'm telling you, send forth the word of God in your life, in your marriage, in your children's lives, in your family, in your home, in your work, in your business, in your ministry, in your relationships, in your influence, anything that you've got going on in your life, send forth his word, send his word on assignment and expect when you send the word of God on assignment, it's going to come back with the fruit. Hallelujah. That it is meant to produce. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's powerful stuff right there. Powerful, powerful stuff. God spoke into creation, the whole world that we see. It says, therefore, in that Hebrews 11, 
verse three, the things that we see are made from things that were invisible. They're in, they were invisible. Hallelujah. The fullness of God lives on the inside of us through the work of, of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have that same creative force living on the inside of us. God fully expected that when he spoke, let there be light, that light would be. And it was. Many of us know Hebrews chapter four and verse 12. In the Amplified Classic, it reads, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And again, remember, the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as it is in God's mouth, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the spirit and of joints and marrow, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. And when we speak God's word, we are speaking God's will. And we take that word, this word, the word of God, the fullness of the Holy Bible, the word of God belongs to us. It is ours, just like the name of Jesus belongs to us. We can take this world, this word, this word of God and activate it in our own lives by not only believing it in our hearts, but speaking it forth in our mouth. Too many times as believers, we want to sit back. Too many Christians do not understand these truths and they do not understand why they can't seem to get ahead in life, why they, they can't seem to walk in victory, why every corner they turn, it's drama and chaos. And it seems like the enemy is wreaking havoc. You were not born again in Christ Jesus. So, so the um, enemy could just yank you around, throw you around, whip you around like some rag doll. You can't just sit back and let life happen to you. And too many believers sit back and let life happen to them. They're always on defensive mode. They never grab a hold of the ball. They never take that ball out of the enemy's hands and run with it. You have to create your life. Remember in my last episode, I talked about how in Ephesians chapter two and verse 10, it says that in Christ, we've been born again to not only do those good works that he has prearranged and made uh, ready for us to do, but also to live the good life, which he has prepared and has made ready for us to live. There is a good life prepared and made ready. It's just sitting there waiting for you to grab a hold of it. Life in Christ Jesus is sitting there waiting for you to grab a hold of it. He said, the thief comes but to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have abundant life. That means here and now, everybody knows that in heaven, everything's going to be perfect. But right here and right now, in the midst of the turmoil of the world and what is going on, in the midst of a fallen world's economy, in wickedness and perverse, um, perverseness that is just running rampant across uh, the nation, the United States of America, and even uh, 
you know, across the world. It does not matter because we as born again believers are in this world, but we are not of this world. We got faith in God and that faith is a creative force if we'll speak it out of our mouth. So don't just sit back and take whatever the enemy hands to you. Actually, don't even reach for what he hands for you. Don't open the door when he comes knocking. Don't even open the invitation that he sends to you. You create your life. Take your place of authority in Christ. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Why? Because actually we as a spirit are seated in the heavenly realm. That is the place of ruling and reigning. That is the place of authority at the right hand of God. Take that place. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly sphere. And when we do that and walk in his ways and realize that the enemy is under our feet, then we can send the word of God over every circumstance in our life. It doesn't matter if you feel like that this, a certain situation or circumstance has been plaguing you for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. It is time for you to take charge of that situation by sending the word of God. Don't speak anything other but the word of God over that situation. Don't speak anything other but words of life. Don't speak anything other but words of blessing over um, that a circumstance and expect the word of God to produce what you send it forth to do. Amen. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It's active. It's operative. It's energizing. And it is e effective. Hallelujah. 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 Use your words to create your life. Frame out. Remember, we talked about the foundation and I talked last time about whatever frame you set up is going to be the confinement of what your life is going to look like. And the reason many believers are living a small, dull, boring, lacking life is because of the framework they've set up with their words. So begin to use the word of God to frame out a large, abundant, good life that God has for you. And then get proactive, continue to speak over your life, the will of God, which is the word of God. The word of God is his will. Create your life of peace. Create your life of love. Create your life of joy. Create your life of prosperity. Create your life of happiness. Create your life of health. And that's going to begin in lining up your beliefs with what the word of God says concerning you and then speaking it out of your mouth. And as you do, God will give you instructions what you need other actions you must take to walk out and to be doers of that word, right? Don't just take what life throws at you. You don't have to live a life of chaos, unhappiness. You don't have to live a life of sickness, a life of lack. A life of lack. Jesus came for you to live just the opposite of that. Remember, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. More abundantly. Ephesians chapter three. God, who through the 
His power that is at work within you is able to do exceeding abundantly far over and above anything you could ask, imagine, dream, think, desire, or even pray. In the book of Corinthians, eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. Yet the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. Get in the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit be your supernatural teacher. See what God's will is for your life because it's written all over the word of God. Amen. And begin to speak it forth. Quit letting life have its way with you. Don't let life throw you around like a rag doll. You have been empowered with a creative force of faith that is operating in your heart and is put um, into action by your mouth. Hallelujah. Get to speaking it. Get to speaking life. Get to speaking blessings over yourself, over your, your spouse, over your home, over your children, over your grandchildren, over your work, over your finances, over your health, over your ministry. Every area of your life begin to speak life and blessings. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is in Joshua in chapter one. And I want to look at it here. And I'm going to wind this teaching down today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I get excited over the word of God. Hallelujah. It is alive. It's full of power. The word of God is operative, energizing. It's effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It doesn't matter what stands in the way. The word of God will always cut down every opposition of the enemy, right? In, in that passage that we read earlier in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 23. In 23, it says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you don't pray about the mountain. You speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever, whatsoever he saith, whatsoever he saith. I don't know why it's hard for us Christians to understand that when God says whatsoever, that's the same inclusive word as whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved is the same inclusiveness as whatsoever. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Hallelujah. Get a hold of that. God has put desires in your heart. He wants you to speak those desires out. He wants to make allow you, empower you to see those desires fulfilled in your heart. He's not just the author of your faith, but he's the perfecter and the finisher of that faith. And whatever he has began, the good work he has begun in you, he will finish it. But you have got to line yourself up with his will, which is his word. And don't speak contrary to the word of God, but speak the word of God. Joshua chapter one, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look, I just, I just feel led right this moment. If you're listening to this and you've never made Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and savior, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. 
if you're ready to make that decision to exchange uh, this, the miserable life that you have for the good life that God made possible for you in Christ Jesus, then I just want you with your heart and your mouth, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth to shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sins and the washing away of all of the sin and all of the guilt and all of the shame. I believe in my heart that you, God, raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I repent of my sin. I turn away from the sin and I turn to you, God. And I receive today Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I confess Jesus is my Lord. I am forgiven. I am washed clean. Empower me, Father, with a desire of everything that pertains to your life, your righteousness, and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 You just spoke the word of God over yourself as you said that prayer with me by faith. And trust me, you, it will take effect. You are now a child of God and everything in your life is going to change. If you said that prayer with me, I just want you to send me, drop me a, a message uh, so that I can send you some resources that will help you. And if I can, wherever you are, try to get you planted in a solid um, Bible believing, Bible preaching and teaching and Holy Ghost filled church. Amen. Now go with me to Joshua chapter one, and I'm going to start in verse one and read through verse nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's minister, Moses, my servant is dead. So now arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land, which I'm giving to them, the Israelites, every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread. That have I given to you as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, which is Canaan, into the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law, or this book of instruction shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have not I commanded you be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. It's a powerful passage right here. It's one of my absolute favorite passages. And one of the interesting things is when we start out here in Joshua one, God is reminding Joshua what he spoke to Moses. And he said, now Moses is dead. So now it's your responsibility and you are actually going to be the one to lead them into the land that I told them I was giving them. Amen. That right there was a sure sign of confidence. That was something that would boost Joshua's confidence. God has now said he has given us this land, which he had told them over 40 years before, but they didn't want to believe him. But Joshua and Caleb held fast to faith back then. And here they are 40 years later, ready to go in and take the land, which God said was belonging to them. But obviously God knew that Joshua was going to come up a against things that would cause him to fear. That's why he says, be strong, be confident, be courageous. Why would he need to say that if he wasn't going to encounter things that were going to cause him to be discouraged and not courageous, that were going to cause him, th- him to doubt and, and, and have unbelief. God knew what he was going to come up against. And so God knows what you're going to come up against in life, but he's spoken to you. Every one of you, his word is full of promises. Um, It's word, it's full of covenant conditions that he has given you that if you do this, then he'll do his part. Amen. But you actually have to do it. Joshua was required to be strong, courageous, vigorous, not afraid or be dismayed. Knowing that wherever he went, God was going to be with him. You have to understand that when God has spoken to you and given you something and you grab a hold to, of a promise in this word of God for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your home, for your children, whatever it is, you've got to know that that word belongs to you. And no matter what it looks like, no matter how big a giant you come up against, no matter how high the winds start to to blow and, 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 and no matter how strong the storms need to be, you have got to plant yourself in the word of God and God's instruction to Joshua to be able to remain strong and courageous, to not be afraid or be dismayed was this. Don't let my word depart out of your mouth said, meditate on it day and night. That word meditate actually means like to mumble or murmur. Like, you know, you should go about every day. You know, I don't care where you are. You know, like, well, you know, I work in, you know, you might say, well, I work in in a public place with a bunch of people around me. That doesn't mean you can't meditate on the word of God. While you're sitting there doing your work, you could just say, you know, under your breath, it's still coming out of your mouth. It may be quiet, but God can hear it. Amen. I thank you, Father God, that you've called me to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm only going up and I'm never going to go down. I thank you, Lord, that your desire for my life is to prosper and be in good health even as my soul prospers. I thank you, Lord, that even amidst this difficulty, maybe, you know, maybe you're going through something in life. Name that circumstance, even in the midst of this divorce or in the midst of this sickness or in the midst of this uh, family conflict or in the midst of losing a job or whatever it is. You said in the midst of this, 
You have made me more than a conqueror and I gain a surpassing victory through you, Jesus Christ, who loves me. Begin to take the word of God and apply it. If you're struggling with some kind of sickness or disease that's that's just sapping all of your energy, or maybe you've been uh, given an assignment straight from the pits of hell of death over your life and there doesn't seem to be any natural solution to it. I'm telling you, there is a solution and an answer. That answer is Jesus. He is the word of God and the word of God is full of everything you need. You just need to grab a hold of those scriptures. I will not die, but I will live and declare the mighty works of God. Again, Thank you, Lord, that your will for me is to prosper and be in good health. Thank you, Father God, that healing is the children's bread. I belong to you, and by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I have been healed. I stand firm in that healing, and I know, Lord God, that that healing is going to be manifested in my physical body in Jesus' name. And I give you glory, and I thank you, Father, that it is done. In Jesus name, you've got to learn how to take the word of God and wage war with it. Use it as what it is. The sword of the spirit, wield that thing and wield it well. And really, I believe that that's what um, God was telling Joshua here. He was telling him how to remain strong, how to remain courageous in, in, in the face of giants, in the face of huge walled cities how are, how was Joshua and and the Israelite people going to remain strong and courageous? He says, do not let this book, my word depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Why? Because you can't just say it. You also actually have to do it. You have to live it. But if you're keeping that word of, if that word of God is in your heart, you're speaking that word and you're continually speaking it, you are going to absolutely be able to live according to it. You're going to desire to do it and be obedient to it for then shall, um, then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Remember what you're saying, you're sowing. So if you don't want certain things in your life, then quit talking about it. Quit saying it. Simple enough. The words that you speak are sowing seeds and you are going to reap harvest of those seeds that you're sowing. So if there are things in your life you don't want to see anymore, if you're poor, lacking financially, quit talking about how much you're lacking. Start talking about in Christ, you're blessed to be a blessing. The Bible states in numerous places that the righteous are blessed. Start speaking it. You're like, well, you don't understand the man of my life. Don't well start speaking, quit speaking curse over your life, quit speaking death over your life, quit speaking lack and poverty over your life and start to speak what the word of God says. The word of God says the righteous are blessed. The household of the righteous is blessed that those who walk in integrity, even their children after them shall be blessed. Amen. That the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servants, that God has given you and I uh, the power to create wealth, to establish his covenant. Again, that he wishes above all things that you would prosper. Begin to speak that. Amen. Hallelujah. Quit speaking what you see. Quit speaking what's going on now. If you don't want that anymore, stop saying it. Start saying what the word of God says about you, what the word of God says about your health and about 
your family, about your home, about your marriage. You, you could do the same thing over marriage. If you've got a bad marriage, things are falling apart. God is in the business of redemption and he is a restorer of broken walls and broken lives. Amen. Grab a hold of that. I thank you, Lord. You're going to restore my marriage. I thank you, Lord. You're going to restore our home. I thank you, Lord. You're going to restore this relationship. Hallelujah. 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 There's so much in the word of God. It doesn't matter what circumstance or situation you're up against. You can find the answer to it in the word of God everywhere, everywhere. Hallelujah. Everywhere. If you're wanting a new home, you can find words. I mean, a multitude of scriptures. I don't have them all laid out before me today. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're wanting to have a baby and you've not, you know, you're married you and your spouse are wanting to have a baby and you've not had any success there. Oh, there's all kinds of scriptures. You can grab a hold of and begin to speak, begin to speak life, begin to speak blessing. You know, in James chapter three, verses nine and 10, it says, with the tongue, we bless the Lord and father. And with it, we curse people made in God's image from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. These things should not be so my brothers and sisters pay attention. Don't let blessing and cursing come from your mouth. Not over your life, not over yourself, not over anything in your life, but also don't let it come out of your mouth for others. Most of the time, it's just best to keep your mouth shut. That's the thing. That's something that I've, I've really learned in life. It says from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. These things should not be so. Remember that speak blessing, speak life. Use this creative force of faith that God has put in your heart. And in your mouth to frame your life. Because remember, whatever you frame out in your life is going to be the confines of the life that you're going to live. And what you're saying, you're sowing. And you've got to get things lined up with the word of God. And you may think, well, Mandy, you're putting an awful lot of emphasis on it. Well, that's because God put an awful lot of emphasis on it. A lot, so much emphasis on it. Throughout his entire word from the beginning to the end, the Old Testament and the new. He's laid down patterns for us to live the blessed life, the abundant life, the good life that he has for us. And one of the keys to that is framing out your life with your mouth, with your words. Your words are so powerful. And when we recognize that death and life are in the power of our tongue, and we will eat the fruit of it, then we ought to be very, very cautious of the things that we're saying. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's time to go up to new levels. That means we're going to have to change some of the things that we're talking. God's got so much for you. Hallelujah. You haven't even touched the tip of what he has for you. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for those in love. And yet the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. I believe the Holy Spirit has revealed some things to you, but you've lost hope. You've let go of the dreams and the desires that God's placed in you because you've come up against some difficulties. You feel like you've been discouraged. Every time you step out, something happens and you get discouraged. It's time to gird up them loins. Amen. It's time to grab a hold of faith. Stand firm, stand strong and begin to speak. Surround yourself with people of faith, not just Christians, because a lot of Christians don't have much faith. 
Surround yourself with people of faith that get a hold of these truths that I've been talking to you about um, the steps that it's going to take for you to live that good life. Surround yourself with people like that. They're going to encourage you. They're going to help you. They're going to speak blessing over you. They're going to speak life over you. They're going to stand in agreement with you for the desires and the dreams that God's placed in your heart. And they're going to help you move forward in everything that God has for you. And especially when you come up against difficult times, they're going to be there for you. Maybe like Moses has had Aaron and her when they were in the midst of the battle, his arms were growing weary and Aaron and her came alongside and they held up his arms because as long as his arms were in the air, they were winning. You need friends like that. One on each side. When you're going through difficult times that come along and hold up your arms so that you're going to win. You've got to know that no matter what you're facing, you win. No matter what you're facing, you win. Don't you dare let the devil back you down. Don't you dare let him steal the dreams that God has placed in your heart. I don't care how difficult it's been. I don't care how many times you faltered and failed and fallen down. Because the righteous man gets back up every single time. The righteous man gets back up. It is time for you to get back up on your feet and get moving forward. It may seem slow, but you're going to take and make forward progress in Jesus name. I declare it and decree it over your life. You're going to take and make forward progress into the dreams and desires. Hallelujah. Let the word of God fill your mouth and he will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'm so glad you joined me. Uh, remember, I'm going to be uploading new podcasts Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure you hop on here, share it with others. I pray that you were blessed today. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.